A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. Yes. <laughs> Did you miss me? And you're here. I did. I missed you. I feel like it's been a wild couple weeks too. So just like I was traveling last week, so I couldn't record. Um, And I was just giving Taylor time to get her ducks in order um, and come out as Time's person of the year. So yeah, that was actually great timing because we actually, how many times can I say actually in a sentence? (laughs) But we really wanted to record last week because The biggest thing hitting the news, we've talked about this account all the time on our podcast, is the Dumois news. Yes. She was just (laughs) shredded by tree, which- I honestly have so many questions. Yes. It's it's interesting because let's let's go through the timeline of how this has happened. Because if you follow Dumois, which I don't think you do, but I do because I'm just, you know- I'm just a gossip girl. I just want to say in the know. XOXO. XOXO. <laughs> back, I think like a year ago, within the past year, she's always been kind of talking about Taylor and Joe having, first it was a wedding. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a commitment ceremony. So the past year or two, she's just been like hanging on to this. Yeah. No one's, no one's said anything on Taylor's team about it. Yeah. There, there's just been silence. It's just based on... I don't know. Sources. (laughs) Yeah. And like we've talked in the past, Dumois sources are, well, I don't know who her sources are, but but a lot of what she does is she shares an email, a DM. Yeah, it's just like blind items. Yeah, blind items. Which is just where people can like submit stories. It's like crowdsourced gossip. Yeah, yeah. Anything. But apparently she had good sources that (laughs) back this up, but everyone she's talked to said the same thing. So let's get into, you know, that that was like old news to me, right? Like just kind of like the spotter yeah. that we would talk about. But on November 29th, Taylor officially released two streaming platforms, uh, You're Losing Me. And yes. I think that very day, Jack posted a photo of Taylor <laughs> eating raisins and said, You're Losing Me mm-hmm. is out today, a very special track from Midnight Sessions that's finally streaming written and recorded at home on December 5th, 2021, <laughs> right after Taylor ate those raisins. Jack, Jack, Jack. Messy, messy, messy. Yes. He is was, a messy guy. Was it a typo? Was it not? It got a lot of fans in an oh, uproar. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't a typo. It was so intentional. Exactly. He likes to stir the pot. And yeah. he, you know, and if we're looking at the timeline of Midnight's and of Joe and Taylor. December 5th was about 18 months before they called it quits officially in the eyes of releasing a public statement, I guess, or at least like letting people know that they're broken up. So fans were shocked and they were like, what is going on? Like, did they break up? And everyone was also just like kind of in shock that she wrote sweet nothings and you're losing me, presumably about Joe within like the same, the same time frame, like yeah. within a year. And I, there were, have you seen some of the new rumors about what Sweet Nothings is about and what the, the, uh, the background of it and inspiration of it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it just keeps us? coming back to this idea that, oh, Midnight's was secretly a breakup album and she like mm-hmm. 
misled us by saying it was about sleepless nights throughout her life, but actually a lot of it was the tension in her current relationship. And so there's, if you read into it, it's like track after track is actually a breakup. So sweet nothing Mm -hmm. is actually sad because he doesn't give, he doesn't want any of the baggage that comes with her life. It's just, he just wants nothing, you know, like it's like, Mm -hmm. well, there's another little theory going around because in, I think, a long time ago, I think like at least a year ago, somebody tweeted a photo of Paul McCartney and his wife. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes. And there's a quote that says, I would come back from a run with a poem to share. And having listened, Linda would say, what a mind through the line. The blinds may not have been supreme. She wasn't merely being kind. She meant what she said. It's going to make a man feel good. That kind of thing. And Taylor has recently liked this. Now, yes what the big upheaval about that is this tweet was a year ago. So Taylor had to find it somehow and like it. So it, it kind of like throws you for a loop. Like, Oh, Taylor said these are autobiography, like, you know, about her life and her career. You know, she is a mastermind. So who knows, maybe she's trying to like deter any kind of spotlight on her relationship with Joe and just kind of get that out of the running. Um, And then a lot of people were just saying that like, Oh, anti-hero Jack was really laying into Joe because I feel like everybody is an art bro lately I just judge him on a hill you know yeah. too hard to hang out talking shit about your famous baby like hello talking shit about Taylor but isn't it like that that confused me too because yeah. in anti-hero Taylor's verse oh sometimes I feel like everybody's a sexy baby is like about her And so Jack's verse makes sense that it's about him because if I compare Jack to Joe, I would say Jack's more of the art bro. Like Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, oh, like what? So is it saying like he's sick of all the Joes Mm -hmm. and because they just talk shit about their girlfriends, a.k.a. Taylor. Is that Yeah, that's what people are interpretation? saying. Okay. Yeah, that's interpretation. Yeah, I mean, and also the Bleachers have an album coming out which has a track called Hey Joe. Mm. And so people are like, wow, Jack hates Joe. Yeah. Which I, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I think it's important to note that both Jack and Taylor are drama. Yes. <laughs> they're, a little, they're a little messy. Um mm-hmm. And I think that they, they, in the attempts to control the narrative or manipulate the narrative, can sometimes, like, just go with whatever's, like, thrown in front of them. Like, you know, you've seen Taylor like things on Tumblr, and it's like, oh, that means that she actually meant that, but actually it comes out that she just appreciated that type thing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the interpretation of her songs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is all kind of messy, and it's interesting that it all happened at the same time because – the (laughs) no one asked jack like when you're losing me came out and it was so quirky (laughs) of him to just like put full calendar date there and that felt like a dig right because it implied Mm -hmm. that the relationship was messier before they let us know that um because you're losing me is sort of like this death knell of a relationship Mm -hmm. but i also feel hesitant to reconsider the entirety of Midnight's. I think we've talked about how it seems most likely that they had sort of an on-again, off-again tension there. And as Midnight's was coming out, they were hoping they were past the Great War, but then they couldn't and it like fell apart. And so 
That's why You're Losing Me wasn't on the original list. That's why Sweet Nothings was, which she co-wrote with her angel of a boyfriend at the time. So I don't know. It just feels kind of like – and then to have tree pain, like – Yes. So this is where it gets interesting. So yeah. Because, you know, I follow her. You don't follow her. Um, people just started, like, freaking out about this breakup. And they're like, but wait, Dumois said this. And people started messaging in. And one person, Dumois shared this, said, I think Swifties need a reminder that just because Taylor wrote a sad song about Joe in December 21 doesn't mean they broke up around that time or that she wasn't happy all of 2022 and 23. Anyone who has been in the long-term relationship will tell you there are highs and lows. She could have written it during an argument and was over it the next day. She's Taylor Swift. She's always writing songs. Mm -hmm. I think people also need to realize that Jack Antonoff has a quirky personality and him making faces does not equal him hating Joe Alwyn. He has resting silly face. I love that. (laughs) Uh, That's just who he is. Of her friends, he still follows the guy. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. And finally, people need to stop trying to rewrite history. She's seen with Joe off and on all the way into 2023. She has made specific reference to the length of the relationship and glitch that strongly implies a continuous six-year relationship, 2,190 days. Even if you, Dumois, uh, even you, Dumois, is now trying to claim that you thought that they were on a break in 2023 when you were maintaining they were secretly married up until and after they broke up. LOL. The relationship clearly has cracks as evidence in some songs, but there's zero proof they actually broke up a year before we knew as some of trying to say. So she screenshotted this message and in her text, she wrote, she did, this is a Dumois, she did have a ceremony in either 2020 or 2021 in UK. And it was described to me as a marriage by more than one person. It was never made legal. So it wasn't a marriage. I will die on this hill, put it on my tombstone. I have no reason to lie. I could give a shit what she does. I'm sorry she didn't tell you guys about it in a song. Just because she doesn't sing about something doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. So this is the uh, the story that lit Tree up. Yes. Interesting. It is very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So Tree steps up and she says, in a tweet or a post or whatever it's called now. And she screenshots this and she said, enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never a marriage or ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like these. Yeah. I I love that Tree and Taylor seem to share this like inability to recognize when they might be the ones overreacting (laughs) like I mean I I'm curious about this I've seen a couple PR people break this down and it Mm -hmm. seems like maybe Tree's strategy is to build a case against Dumois not for this specifically but to Mm -hmm. argue like libel or harassment from Dumois against hmm. Taylor repeatedly, probably for other stories she doesn't want to hyperfixate on right now because Dumois has spread rumors about Taylor Swift's um, possible, like having a miscarriage or yeah. whatever. And and so I wonder if there's a legal strategy to emphasizing like you're causing pain and um, trauma because that would make a sort of 
stronger case than just being like, I'm irritated by you guys spreading lies. Like there has to be an actual harm done. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's interesting to think about. Um, I've also seen theories that it is because something else is going to come out. Uh, like maybe someone will be on their knee and Taylor won't know what she's going to say until it happens. That's that's the strongest one I've heard that they're trying to, well, not the strongest one. That's just what other Swifties have been thrown around. So the only thing I've seen actually. I know, but then I'm like, but what does it matter? Like, would this be Taylor being like, I don't want Travis to think I was engaged before? Or would it be like... I think it would be more of along the lines that she doesn't want any press on her and Joe's past relationship or her being married, her being, right. you know, she just wants to focus on Travis. And if, if a, re- if a engagement is going to happen on her birthday or Christmas or new year's, all of these, you know, theories, then she doesn't want it to be closely tied with yeah. oh, what she was married and engaged. Now she's engaged somebody else. Right. And I believe that if like people picked up the story, but it was just a story. Like it wasn't yeah. even a, it wasn't even a feed post, a permanent yeah. post on Dumois' page. Yeah. At least at the time. I don't know if she's since saved it because like she loves the drama too, but she does. But it almost feels like Tree talking about it made it much more yes. big news. Mm-hmm. And so that is the question mark to me because Tree yeah. obviously as her pe- publicist has like spoken to people and been like sources say on a lot, but she's only like actively posted from her voice her box for taylor about Mm -hmm. this and the famous gate and the leak of the actual tape yeah and so it's just like i'm curious what this like why this was so hurtful like obviously it's not necessarily our business but from a strategy perspective Mm -hmm. it's like huh i i wonder about the machinations there because for so much Taylor's just like, yeah. mm, let it slide. Mm, no, no, no word. Like literally, okay, if Taylor <laughs> wants to like say that being accused of dating girls or dating her friends has caused her trauma and pain, Tree could come out and say this exact sort of thing, mm-hmm. like literally. But yeah. to choose this sort of loud reaction over this weird rumor is something that's gonna like keep me up at night like I'm gonna yeah. write an entire Midnight's album just about do it, what do it. because doing. if you're kind of looking at how Dumois does tons of blind items and she talks about all artists but you know a lot of around Taylor because it's clickbait there's that TikToker who I don't remember her name but she says you want more? I'll give you more. Like she's like, she's really entertaining. And she's done a lot of blind items about Taylor being in like same sex relationships. So they're, mm. like, you know, you wonder, yeah, yeah. you know, both of them have really big platforms right. trying to, not, we're not, we are not saying that Taylor is in a same sex relationship. Yeah, we're yeah, just, yeah. we're trying to think behind the strategy of tree of what she goes, yes. to, goes against. Like it's interesting. Kanye and Kim and Dumois. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, congratulations, yeah, Duval. You're <laughs> up there with the worst of them. Exactly. It's just kind of like I'll, I will be curious to see if something starts to happen, whether that's like a lawsuit against Dumois or a more cease and desist sort of um, takedown of Dumois, mm-hmm. or if it's more to do with like if Taylor is doing a documentary, um, which has been rumored that there will mm-hmm. be something around that. Yeah. Or yeah, I guess 
I don't know because, because yeah, it's just, it's interesting. And I think it's also compelling that this came out all before the Times Person of the Year, which was her first sit-down interview since 1989, where she actually like talked with a reporter and did a whole profile and she had a laundry list of items to get through. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. It was long and it was great. And it's like, and it's a definite departure from how Taylor has talked to the media in the past where she's like, I don't need my personal life out there. Like I get to control what I talk about, which is true. But like, she's been really like walls up. I'm not, I'm going to talk through my music, nothing else. Like there will be no explanation. There will just be reputation. Like even as she's softened to the public eye, she's been vocal about like not trusting media or not being interested in interviews and like Mm -hmm. thinking maybe she'll never do them again. So it's, it's interesting that having that six year record of being like, I can't put it out there anymore. Like I can't deal with the drama anymore. Now she feels comfortable, inclined, like ready to share her side and not just be like, I only want to talk about my music. Like she goes through a lot. And I think it was an interesting article to read Mm -hmm. for haters and fans alike. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, she did do the 2020 or was it 2019 Good Morning America? I think it was on the Sunday. She did that Mm. sit down interview, but it was very much business talking about reclaiming her work. There wasn't a lot of personal stuff. There wasn't any personal stuff in in there at all. So it's this, this, uh, articles it's interesting and it's also you know she's making history again because she's the first woman to appear twice on the people of the year cover she was one of the people in 2017 there were there in 2017 it was it it was breakers yeah so there was like 20 people so Mm -hmm. but she this still is history she is second woman to to get this coveted title and alongside other people who have been appeared twice it's like other men, U.S. presidents and world leaders. Yeah, no, it's definitely usually something more politically slanted. Um, I mean, this is this is the first person to ever get it because of her achievement in arts. Like, it's yeah. all, it's always, you know, what they've done for the world or political or yeah, yeah, or they're just like like Trump got it once, Elon Musk got it. Like, it's like yeah. oh, these people are so like whatever. So. I think there's a definite strategy to it where Taylor Swift will sell more things, but that's also a reason for her to be time person because she is the person everyone wants to read about. So, oh yeah, I think it. I think it was a logical choice, even if it wasn't like obviously this doesn't matter, right? Like it's not actually like the person who changed the world or like you know, like cancer. a lot of people. A lot of people are like. <laughs> why like why is she here why not xyz and it's like Mm -hmm. well because this is a magazine that's like talking about relevancy in western culture today and and taylor for better or worse has been on everyone's mind uh she's been just like breaking records in inconceivable ways um so i don't think even the haters can really pretend that this doesn't make sense um even if they argue that there are better people who deserve the spotlight, right? Like whether that's reporters or, you know, whatever. But 
Well, it Sam was Jacobs, Sam Jacobs said, because he was interviewed, he said, Taylor Swift found a way to transcend borders and be a source of light. No one else on the planet today can move so many people so well. Achieving this feat is something we often chalk up to alignment of planets and fates, but giving too much credit to the stars ignores her skill and her power. Swift is the rare person who, who is both the writer and the hero of her own story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the shortlist for this year, it was like no it was king charles snore it was like vladimir putin which was just like yeah no i don't know if trump was on i i saw i saw that oh i think it was the prosecutors who were who were charging trump were in consideration and then like the striking hollywood press so it was like it was a pretty measly list and no one's gonna run out to buy a cover about like King Charles, like, <laughs> taking uh, the throne. All the royal heads will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's a <laughs> snooze. Um, but, yeah, so it was a big story. And um, I don't know. What, like, stood out to you first when you read it? Did you so read the, the whole thing or just, I like, read, highlights? Oh, no, I read the whole thing. Did you read the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was so much that stood out to me. Um, one thing that kind of made me laugh was they were saying that, you know, Taylor Swift is – just up there with talking about the politics or whether it's a language spoken so widely there's no context needed. And I kind of laughed at this point because it's you and me every single day of our lives. And, ju- and just not because Taylor is who she is this year. If you're skeptical, yeah. skeptical, consider it. How many conversations did you have about Taylor Swift <laughs> this year? How many times did you see a photo of her while scrolling on your phone? Were you the one people, one of the people who made the pilgrims? Like, if you could talk about, like, did you see it? Did you see a concert? Did yeah. you double tap? Did you um, find yourself singing Cruel Summer? Like, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, Check. yeah. Yes, yes, but, yes. <laughs> but not just this year, though. Like, yeah. Sh- like forever we've been here yeah yeah oh i like that there's so much more like we let's just get into what you liked what i like i'll probably like shout out you'll shout out yeah yeah i mean i think it was an interesting article i think taylor is just someone who's compelling like even as i've fallen out of maybe i don't know I, i don't know like i have a complicated relationship let's say where i'm like i'm more aware that she doesn't scratch every itch I would like right like Mm -hmm. I love her music I love her talent and I have a lot of fun with what she creates I find her personal life really intriguing because she's such an enigma to me just how her brain works and how her game strategy is um so I found it interesting to like watch her open up about things that she's been very mum on and Mm -hmm. so the language she uses to like explain the story she cites where she like opens the whole article with the story about not being able to open for Kenny Chesney because it was too like mature or something. Well, like it was alcohol. Be- it was because she was like 16 or 17 yeah. and it was sponsored by oh, a, right, a yeah. beer brand. So yeah. she, because she was underage, she couldn't go on tour that was sponsored yeah. by a beer. So interesting. interesting. Um, Don't give her a wristband. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, hello. <laughs> Yeah. And so I like watching her, you know, like you said, we've been following her for an unhealthy amount of time. Like I've been reading every article interview she's done Mm -hmm. probably for a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've like seen her start to communicate like her 
reasonings, her interests, her trigger points more. And so I did like her sort of mature handle of this, even if it did remain very like, you know, she's still very privileged. And I think she recognizes that, but doesn't know how to like add that as sort of a caveat to when she talks about like things that were hard. So I liked honestly the end of the article where the she's talking about how her career was taken from her. She never thought she'd be able to work again type thing. And the interviewer has this moment where he's like, I want to point out that like she still had a platform for this. I wanted to point out that her reputation album still did supremely well. Like it's all these things that I echo, but then he's like, well, at the end of the day, she felt like this. And I think that's like a been a really validating thing that the girl summer of 2023 has done for people mm-hmm. with Barbie, with Beyonce, with Taylor Swift. It's allowed people to just like be allowed women especially to feel their feelings and to not be ashamed of like what brings them joy or mm-hmm. what makes them sad. And so I thought that was like a nice way to tie it all together, to not pretend that Taylor is like actually the most, you know, troubled and traumatized person to ever be canceled and that it was such a it was such an uphill battle to become relevant again. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead highlight like, well, even if it's not like you know, this rags to riches story that she might think it is, it is that way for her. And that alone is a compelling narrative of someone who's able to share their feelings and find power to like, I don't know, move past or grow from and continue to create art and continue to like be driven to do what she loves, even if she felt like in the throes of depression and cancellation and whatever else. So I liked that part of it. I liked sort of the psychology of what do you talk about with like this huge success who kind of proved everyone wrong while also following a very standard path of like world domination. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And she does, she does give credit that she said even long lines, even though she didn't know it then, but those two catalysts, the things that she was talking about, like broke her, Yeah, you know, the Kim, Kanye, Gay, and then her master's being being sold out underneath her. Those are two things of what's making her so successful today. Yeah. You know, like she, she did take that time away, which I think made, made more people want to know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then she just kept on rising and rising and then recording her, her albums have been like a biggest hit. No one saw coming. Yeah. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and she, you know, she knows that, you know, she still, I don't think would want to go through that ever again. Of course. Yeah, yeah. No. And I think, I think if I was in Taylor's position, that sort of thing would destroy me, right? Like that is yeah. the worst thing that can happen to someone who's in the public eye who depends on, you know, like it's like, sure, it's not the worst thing to happen to anyone ever in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think she's trying to say that. I think it can be frustrating to hear people in these sort of like, oh, I was canceled. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, you were still fine. And it's like frustrating that you're, you want us all to take time out to apologize to you when it's like you actually would, you know, it's like we have the insight to be like, I wish your problems were my problems. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's like that's their reality. And like, I think the article was interesting to allow her space to kind of communicate that in, yeah. in a pretty nuanced way. And so 
I didn't mind. Like some people were like, oh my gosh, she can't let go of the Kim K thing. I didn't mind how she talked about it because it felt more like contextual rather than harping on it or like bringing new juice to it. It was like. (laughs) I love. You disagree. No, no, no. I I agree. But I do like that she she gave us a little Petty Taylor because she said trash takes itself out. Yes. Single time. I was like. Yes. Like it's giving us the, what, what we desire. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. And I think that is the karma energy. Like she is kind of smug about that, which is mm-hmm. I would be too, you know, if I didn't have to do anything to watch people who pissed me off, like take a beating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, like, I, I feel like a lot of headlines were like, oh, Taylor rehashes the Kim K beef. Like, she'll never let this go. And I'm like, well, I think she actually only mentioned it pretty briefly where she's like, this is what happened and this is how I felt. And this inspired me yeah. to, to move forward this way. I think what a lot of things I've been seeing is that she name dropped specifically yeah. Kim Kardashian. It yes. wasn't, she didn't say anything about Kanye West. I think Kanye West was brought in by oh, the, she hates Kim K. She, she <laughs> hates Kim Kardashian. But sources say, sources say, which this could be a tree source, that, you know, Taylor would forgive Kim if she gave a public apology because right. Taylor was brought down so publicly. The only thing that could really equate to that is a public apology and I don't think Kim will ever I don't think so I mean Kim's just messy in her own way like using her songs and stories and pretending there was no beef so there's absolutely no like I totally I totally respect Taylor having no interest in making things you know quote-unquote right with Kim K because I mean that was a dirty play and both of them Mm -hmm. felt their reasons for it or whatever but it's like who cares if they ever become besties like it's just like Especially because Taylor tried to recover things with Kanye and then Kanye did the thing. And so then mm-hmm. it's like, why would I go through this again with yeah. someone like Kim K who's like so irrelevant to Taylor's industry and sort of like audience? So yeah, yeah, yeah I think that bad blood will remain. Um, yeah. But I, uh, but I do think she's kind of circled past yes. the hurt because she's been able to sort of rise from the ashes. She did rise from the ashes. And one thing that I am loving from the rise of the ashes is how open she has been with her relationship yes. with Travis. I know you're kind of like, you're you're in the stance of the two fans that were interviewed during the Times article. They were very much like, oh, her relationship status isn't, like, that, that doesn't equate to Taylor. Like, right. it's not who she is, what she is. Like, that's not why I'm drawn to her. Correct. Uh, Because they're more like, I see when I listen to her songs, you know, it's I, it's how those songs speak to me. But (laughs) she still gave like, she gave us a lot. She gave us a lot and I love it. We were trying to guess when she first, you know, on September 24th, went to the Chiefs game, if that was a soft launch, if they were just hanging out, trying to see what how things were going. And both of you and I thought the same. Yeah. But uh, it's not the case. She said, I think some people think that that was our first date at that game. We would never be psychotic enough to hard launch a first date. When you say a relationship is public, that means I'm going to see him do what he loves. We're showing up for each other. Um, 
other people are there and we don't care. The opposite of that is you have to do an extreme amount of effort to make sure no one knows that you're seeing someone. We're just <laughs> proud of each other. So they were hanging out from July to September. They became an official couple. And then because they're a couple, let's go see Travis do what he loves. He's going to come see what do what I love. But you want to know what? There was, there was that one person, I'm not going to say their name. I'm just going to insinuate it. That didn't really show up for me. Didn't really seem too <laughs> proud of what I was doing. Uh, I just yeah. got, yeah. I just got, you know, Joe undertones, especially in the uh, life is short, have adventures, me locking myself away in a house for a lot of years. I'll never get that time back. I'm more trusting now than I was six years ago. Yeah. And to be fair, I like, I feel like that's just a lesson learned and unless a dig about Joe trapping mm-hmm. her or not that you're saying that, but just like, I honestly don't read it as sort of a embittered ex like being like that guy ruined my life type thing it's more Mm -hmm. I think she just is more trusting I think she needed the public validation or the like support system behind her to finally feel secure to try again yeah and um and I think that is interesting to watch um I do sort of I have questions about this timeline and I think Taylor again loves a messy timeline. It was the same with like Joe and her getting together and like, mm-hmm. oh, cruel summer. But when did it start? You know, it's like, I don't think she's ever going to be like a memoirist giving exact deeds. She's no Jack mm-hmm. Antonoff, you know, it's like because I feel like they have conflicting sort of like vague answers about when they actually first met versus when they started talking and so, yeah, I think there is a strategy there where she doesn't want to be accused of like rebounding too fast or like moving too fast, especially if they are going to get like moved to the next step quickly. Like <laughs> it seems like, do I think that was their first date? No, absolutely not. But I also don't think it was like they were in love with each other at that. Like maybe they fell in love fast. It was like a bachelor season. But to me, it seems like when did he, Travis talk about going to the concert it was july right in july yep july and so if they start if she texted him and was like hey your friend told me this that was ballsy and he's like oh like so they start talking and i totally believe that timeline but i think it's also important language that she's using to kind of add time to their relationship um to kind of stop any sort of criticism about moving too fast but that's my that's my conspiracy theory i guess (laughs) it's not even like I disagree with her. It's more that I think, well, even if they're like, of course we were dating already. It's like, well, that doesn't really change things. Like it was still a quick Mm -hmm. uh, turnaround from not knowing the guy to coming out publicly for the guy. But I can't judge because I was in a relationship very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And when when you're like trying to hide a relationship, like because she said yeah. it, was, it was great because they were able in that time to really get to know each other without too much spotlight on them. I think, you know, they're probably spending a lot of time together. Uh, they're not out walking the streets and big groups of friends, maybe more one-on-one time. So, you know, yeah. like you said, like in that bachelor time frame when it's just right. you and them. Yeah. Yeah. It's then, very heady romance. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked the part where she talked about preparing for tour because – Me too. Because she was like – I mean, one, the fun factoid is she's like, I would run on a treadmill and sing the entire three-hour three set list, <laughs> going fast for fast songs and slow for slow songs, which honestly, like, props to her because I would 100% be like that Apple TV commercial where I just faceplant yeah. if I was yeah. singing along because 
I'll like catch myself doing that. Like I'll start to like bob and I'll be like, I have to focus on my feet right now because I will fall over. (laughs) But I also liked that she was like, yeah, in the past I used to train, I used to do shows like a frat guy where she'd be drinking, having a good time, all during in between. But then and up to, but then this one, she was like, I knew I had to take it seriously. And so she's like, she said that she's been sober for it. I, aside from the Grammys. Um, and obviously we don't know if that means she, like, I think it means just during her shows, obviously. Well, like preparing for those weekends or whatever. Um, but I think it's interesting to see how she has grown because again, when she talks about like when she talks about like, oh, people say I can't dance in 1989 or Reputation, she's like admitting it, but she's kind of insecure about it. Whereas here she's like, yeah, I'm not great at choreography. Like I knew I wasn't. So I had to like focus. And I think yeah. there is a lightness to her now that I appreciate and kind of a self-awareness and confidence that mm-hmm. um, wasn't always there when she was talking about a, at least two media. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she's just much more secure in who she is. And I, I like seeing that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Even though there are still people like, uh, what, like Matt that hated her dancing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she says like, she's not great at choreography exactly. Come and on. it's, it's fine. I don't think she's trying to pretend she is. And, yeah. um, I think this tour especially plays to her strength with a lot of dramatic, like face and body movements, but less footwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I like how she says after the day after the show, she does nothing except like go to the bathroom <laughs> and eat. And she's just like in her bed and she's like, and I think she said that like when she gets out of bed, they're walking anywhere. Her like toes are crunching and crackling because of like, she's on heels and she's like dancing the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, I can relate to that because I was just standing the whole time yeah. and I wanted to just take the next day off. Yeah. Well, and she kind of let that, she was like, I know I'm going to play my show, whether I'm sick, heartbroken, injured, Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And I thought that was interesting too, especially given like the invisible string switch and people analyzing her facial expressions. And it's like, yeah, she recognizes this is a job and she treats it like such. And I I do think her work ethic around her career is very um, impressive and admirable and comes through in interesting ways with this article particularly. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And it was fun to see who got quoted. Like it was a very impressive, an impressive return to the celebrity uh, profile. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I think she has a lot more self-awareness in her career at least um, mm-hmm. that I appreciate. Well, she also being in, you know, the the Taylor Swift that she is, she did give people hope that Reputation will be coming out soon because she talks about how the the tracks on Reputation, the vault oh, tracks, yeah. are going to be fire. She said, I'm collecting Horcruxes. <laughs> I'm collecting Infinity Stones. Gandalf voices in my head every time I put, a new one, I put out a new one. For me, <laughs> it's a movie now. So maybe she's going to be putting out a movie soon. I, I love know. it. Well, and she was, she did get nominated for a Golden Globe in a new category um, Mm. for the Eras Tour under box office and cinematic success or something. (laughs) It feels like a, it feels like an intentional grab to get Taylor in the audience. Um, But she's up against like 
Barbie, obviously, Oppenheimer, and like Super Mario Bros. So it's mm-hmm. like a very weird category. People can't figure out what its metrics are. Um, but Beyonce, I won't be surprised. Is Beyonce in that category at all? Since she released, I don't or, think so. She might have really. She might have released the movie. Yeah, I th- the, yeah. I don't know the dates at all, but um, I won't be surprised if she wins because I mean it was a huge. Uh, obviously Barbie made more movie and Super Mario Bros made more movie but I think as far as cultural impact and like zeitgeisty everyone talking about it um I wouldn't be surprised to see her get her EGOT started that way yeah and then she'll get her Oscar when she releases that movie I don't know what it's gonna be but it's gonna be I thought (laughs) production was supposed to start in 2024 but who knows yeah well anyways oh my gosh we're basically done with this episode already i don't even know i know know. i know do we just come back next week and talk about (laughs) talk about that song we're gonna sit and do say don't go i do you have a lot of notes for it or do you think we can spit it out in 10 minutes what do you want to (laughs) do i think we can do it i think we can i know i talk a lot but i'm gonna keep it under wraps let Um, me get the lyrics out Okay. But yeah, Say Don't Go is what we're talking about, which is one of the last um, 1989 tracks. So we need mm-hmm. Reputation to come out like ASAP. Yes. Um, well, I know we're, we're trying to keep conversation short, but we've had had a comment or two asking if we're going to revisit the other vault tracks that we have skipped over on oh. the other Taylor songs. So yeah, I guess we could. <laughs> Forgettable, but if we remember one. Um, so this is the one co-written with Diana, Diane Warren, who's a huge like name. Um we didn't know they wrote together. It was put on the shelf. Diane was like, huh, why didn't that get put out with 1989? But whatever. And so she was excited when it was announced that it was coming out. Taylor sent her flowers, thanking her, sent an email with the with the song on it right before the album dropped. And she was really impressed by it, really likes it, and is glad to see it get so much love. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said writing with Taylor was like a big, a positive thing where she was very like, you know, just your classic, oh, working with Taylor was actually like, she really did her stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, But I think a lot of people like this song. A lot of people recognize maybe why it was dropped because it shares a lot of similarities with all you have to do is stay and Mm -hmm. I wish you would. Um, But this is it. Let's get into the first verse. Um, I've known it from the very start. We're a shot in the darkest dark darkest dark oh no oh no i'm unarmed the waiting is a sadness fading into madness oh no oh no it won't stop very sad very 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 sad yeah and these are all like symbols and images she's used either before or after and it feels very like you know setting the tone rather than revealing anything specific at this point Mm -hmm. um the waiting is a sadness fading into madness like oh i'm going crazy like pining for you type thing like wonderland and in the end in wonderland we both went mad <laughs> I love that song. and then you have with the um the first the first line and two we're shot in the darkest dark that's kind of a callback to getaway car mm-hmm. he poisoned the well i was lying to myself i knew it from the first old-fashioned we were cursed we never had a shotgun shot in the dark yes classic mm-hmm. um and so then she goes on to explain I'm standing on a tightrope alone. I hold my breath a little bit longer. Halfway out the door, but it won't close. I'm holding out hope for you to say, don't go. I would stay forever if you say, don't go. Mm-hmm. 
which is a very clever refrain. And I think I am curious. I think from the sounds of it, it was originally a ballad and um, just played acoustically. And so maybe they couldn't figure out the um, production style. But this song is like, I love I Wish You Would. Mm-hmm. I like All You Had to Do Is Stay. But I think I appreciate the production on this a little bit more than either. Now, do you think if the production was like this for the song, they figured it out, do you think they would have put this instead of uh, All You Had to Do Is Stay? And I wish. I, you wish. Would, maybe? <laughs> I mean, All You Had to Do Was Stay was like a fun songwriting experience for her because it was like based on a dream or whatever. And that like high pitched stay was like stay. something she liked playing with which is fun. But I do like this language of like, I would stay forever if you say don't go and just like the sort of tongue twister to it where she's waiting in a door that's closing, like looking over her shoulder being like, are you really going to let me walk out? Again? Yeah, (laughs) again. And it's like interesting reading this and knowing nine years later she writes – um you're losing me because they're very similar themes of this like are you gonna help me out here like are you gonna listen to me I'm I'm like begging you to like tell me that this is real to you um because then the chorus is why'd you have to lead me on why'd you have to twist the knife walk away and leave me bleeding bleeding why'd you whisper in the dark just to leave me in the night now your silence has me screaming screaming Mm. So again, like really interesting um, images sort of like competing with each other of the silence and the screaming, the the leaving and the bleeding. The I just, I find it an interesting visualization of that sort of feeling of, of anxiety shifting into like sadness and like, mm-hmm. you know, watching something break and being like, I'd literally like help clean this up if you would just like help me out. And it's, I don't know. It's just such a human feeling. Yeah. Cause you know, you're still there. You still want to be in the relationship. You want to still make it go, go strong and forward. Like you're going to, like you said, clean up all of the, all of the the broken glass, but they're not going to. And I think that's just, you feel so helpless mm-hmm. because you're like, this could work if you wanted it to and that's Mm -hmm. also heartbreaking because it's like well why don't you want to yeah and there's also like every single one of these tracks we always talk about how harry and her broke up and got back together and i know you could you just know it in all of these songs that we're seeing she's hoping that that's the case that they're having a fight but they're going to get back together this door is not going to close because he's going to come back yeah he doesn't well, and that's why I think she did choose something like all you had to do is stay because all you had to do is stay is really indignant. There's sort of this like, like, a you, you did this, you caused this, and I know better than to ever believe you now. And sort of like there's a, a confidence and a clarity to her in that song where she's like, here you are calling me, but like, I don't, I, people like me are gone forever, mm-hmm. you know? And whereas in this one, she still feels very much in the throes of it on the way out being like, oh my gosh, like you led me on, you stabbed me in the back, you, you whispered all these sweet nothings. You, you made me believe this was something only to leave me like abandoned (laughs) as you move on. And I think that is like a really raw and kind of 
sad, like desperation. Whereas I wish you would and all you had to do was stay also have their sadness. But at the heart of it is sort of this like, F you, this is on you. Like I feel better now. I'm stronger now. Like I know my worth type thing. Yeah. And this is more, like you said, helpless, like She's like, say don't go, say yeah. don't go. Yeah, it's also heartbreaking. Oh. <laughs> She's like, please, I would say forever if you say don't go. And yeah. she lets that echo in an interesting way, um, kind of layering on this panic. Um, And tell me if I'm moving too fast, but yep. verse two. <laughs> You're good. You guys, we're going to get through this. <laughs> They're going to be like, why is every other episode so long if you can do this in 10 minutes? <laughs> Anyways, verse two, now I'm pacing on shaky ground, strike a match, then you blow it out. Oh no, oh no, it's not fair because you kiss me and it stops time and I'm yours, but you're not mine. Oh no, oh no, you're not there. Honestly, it's so sad. And it's like, it's a simple again, a simple enough image. Like she uses these really, you know, pretty sort of metaphors of like, I, I, strike a match. I did something positive and you just like blew it out. Like that's rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. And then this like beautiful idea of you kiss me and it stops time. Oh my gosh. So romantic. Like it's just like such a beautiful image, but to then pair it with this idea of I'm yours, like I yours, but you're not mine. Like I kept you like a promise. You kept me like a, I kept you like an oath. You keep me like a secret or whatever. Like yeah. I just think this sort of being played and feeling like, well, how can it be so real to me but not real to you? And that that kind of like heartbreak there is hard to get over. Yeah, it is. It re- like I have that one relationship where like that line right there is like why we ended it was because yeah. he wouldn't stay. And he, I, I, he was mine, but I wasn't yeah. his. Or, no, no, no. no I, he, I was his. You were his, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't mine, but. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Um. So she says, I'm standing on the sidewalk alone. I wait for you to drive by. I'm trying to see the cards that you won't show. I'm about to fold unless you say, don't go. I would stay Mm -hmm. forever if you say, don't go. Um, And again, like when you read it, you're like, okay, these are pretty simple. Like I can see why I wish you would like carries more of a punch. It carries more specifics like it's, but it has the pieces here, like similar to I wait for you to drive by. Um, I don't remember the exact line in it. Windows down, you pass yeah. my street, the memories start, you say it's in the past, you drive straight ahead, and then later on, headlights pass the window pane, yes, I think thank of you. you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love that song, honestly. Me too. Um, and then this image of like, oh, we're playing cards, like it's a card game. I'm about to fold unless you stay. Like, I think that's so interesting, and I almost wish she would have focused on this. Like, like I think that's such a clever way to talk about it and obviously other people have used like you know show my hand sort of things but the way she's 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 used it in the past too so i'm foolish one my cards are on the table yours are in your hand and cornelia street back when we were card sharks playing games i thought you were leading me on yeah yeah and this like i'm trying to see the cards that you won't show is it's so like sad and desperate and like you know that insecurity is is rough to it's also unfair because you think that Harry or whoever she's writing about <laughs> knows what he's doing. Like yeah. he knows that he's, he's drawing back. He's not being 
the same yeah. as he was at the beginning of the relationship. And I know that's just like a natural thing to like, when you're not feeling something I, I, to, to pull back. And a lot of people don't like confrontation, but it really just, it's really cruel. Yeah. To, well, and to like know do this. you yeah. have, you know, your hand and you know, you're going to, you know, win or tricker or whatever it is. It's just like, have the decency to like tell her, no, I'm going, you know, yeah. <laughs> see ya. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he can obviously you. see her trying yeah. to, to, you know, talk to him, to meet up with him. And he's just, yeah. It's like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Men. Boys. Oh, I know. Boys. Um, so she goes and say, don't go. I would say forever if you say don't go. And then you have the bridge. Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to? Make me want you. Make me want you. Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to? Give me nothing back. Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to? Make me love you. Make me love you. I said I love you. You say nothing back. Ugh. And then she has I this know. full like breath. Like it you you're caught up in the moment and there's this whole like <gasps> intake and then it just like drops you into the you know punchy chorus and she sounds great on this like i honestly think maybe that was part of it too is like her voice now is so rich and she can carry that sort of like screamy anger like talky build up mm-hmm. um and so it like really does ratchet up your you, you know your bated breath basically mm-hmm. it's also sad just thinking of in slut when she's like you're not saying you're in love with me but you're going to like yeah you see oh, yeah the difference between of how confident she was at the beginning she already knew she was in love mm. and she knew she had him like mm-hmm. wrap around her pinky and then at the very end it's like whoa and it's very much of how when you jump into jump in like um, head first into a relationship and you're just you know you could be love bombed you could just be totally in love with this person and they're saying all the right things and then you know all the cracks come out and you're like, yeah oh, oh shoot yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she does she goes on why'd you have to lead me on why'd you have to twist the knife walk away and leave me bleeding why'd you whisper in the dark just so leave me in the night now your silence has me screaming say don't go i would stay forever if you say don't go but you won't, but you won't, but you won't. I would stay forever if you say don't go, but you won't, but you won't, but you won't. <laughs> Break my heart. So sad, I know. And such a bop too. Like 1989 was so interesting because she's like, this is the most anxious I've ever been. And then it's just like, yes. <laughs> it's like, like get that energy up, girl. Like we're going for it. And then you're like, wait what yeah like why why is this anger but you won't but you won't but you won't like it's just like it is sort of that like you can feel her kind of like dying you know it's not like Mm -hmm. she doesn't use a literal heartbeat like with you're losing me but it it has that similar sort of like kind of like you have to let go and that's like the sad thing is um knowing you have to walk away because they won't yeah heartbreaking and that's it we did it we We honestly did a great job props to you and me um would you replace this on the main album i mean would Uh, you use this we've had this conversation before i don't as much as i love the song just because of all my memories and feelings about 1989 i just can't see it that's i can't 
I can't. I'm sorry. I feel like I could replace All You Had to Do Was Stay, but I think I think rereading All You Had to Do Was Stay would be interesting because I feel like they're both similarly kind of vague. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like it has a more narrative arc to it, like a traditional narrative arc, whereas this is just like throwing feelings at the wall. Yeah, maybe we revisit All You Had to Do Was Stay because we got quite – we got a lot of votes on All, all You Had to Do Was Stay. Oh, really? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> funny um yeah because I like the production of this I like the the vibe of it but it's not like necessarily winning any songwriting awards but I also think that of all you had to do was stay too yeah but anyways uh we got to wrap this up we got places to be um (laughs) things to record yeah exactly uh well I hope Taylor has a happy birthday I guess we'll see if she gets engaged um Time's a ticket, Travis. You know, Dumois is about to post whether or not you pull through. (laughs) That's true. And you guys, until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, we will never go. (laughs) We will stay. We're committed.